Yeah, you got to listen to episode seven. Okay. You didn't listen to episode seven? I did not. Oh. Have you listened to any episodes? I listened to the first two. Those ones are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for the Fable episode one to come out. It's out. It's on yeah, there. Okay. I mean, you were actually, waiting for episode one. <laughs> it was actually, oh, Josh. Josh, what? you're not going to believe this. Guess who's online right now? Gene Lee. Really? <sighs> we'll, we'll talk to him later. Damn. Gene, if anyone is wondering, is the only person who has left a review in, in iTunes. Oh, yeah? Actually, well, he's the only one that wrote a review. I believe Joel also left a, a five star, but he didn't write a review. Yep. Who, who's Gene Lee? Uh, old roommate of mine, but really good friend. Uh, he lives in uh, Korea now. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, that's right. We got fans in Korea. <laughs> International. Well, if, you, if you had a StarCraft episode, that explains things. Dude, uh, yeah. For real, man. <laughs> uh, so, Jason, how do you want to? How do you want to hit these topics? Okay, there's one that we said we couldn't forget. Yes. So should we just get that get that out of the way? Let's ta- tackle that. Wait, wait. Uh, why don't you uh, bring us in, man? Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, okay. Welcome, fans around the world. This is the, <laughs> the uh, this is the no format podcast. This is episode number eight, starring, uh, of course, myself, Jason, Joshua Wettenkamp, and special guest Jeremy Commander, um, on 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 mic with us tonight. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Can I just yeah. say? I did not like that intro. I feel like we're doing a podcast now. All the other ones, I feel like we're just having a conversation. No, now we're just talking. <laughs> okay. We're done with the intro. All we're right, done man. With that. Intro's done. So we, in, in, in our attempt to strive to follow this no format podcast format, <laughs> we completely forgot to mention something very important last time. It's true. I think we just got caught up, caught up in StarCraft, but uh, here let me let me let me put it into uh, into reference here. So it. two two episodes ago, Josh and I uh, decided that we wanted to ask a sort of astronomy question, uh, and it was about uh, how gravity works with two objects. You can listen to episode. I guess that's what is that, Josh? Episode six. I suppose it would be. If you listen to episode six, you'll hear about it. Um, and for those of you who have listened to episode six, you know what we're talking about. And Wait, we got. Should res- I not read the question again? Go ahead and read it. I might as well. I got it right here. Read it. So, so here's we, the question. We we emailed a famous astronomer. Well, famous famous in podcast land, uh, Pamela Gay from Astronomy Cast. Uh, in a perfect vacuum where there are two objects, one of greater mass than the other, orbiting each other, what will happen given infinite time? Will a the two objects collide, or b Will they continue to orbit forever? Now, I'm curious. Jeremy, what do you think the answer is? Uh, I think they continue to orbit forever. Orbit forever. Jason, that's not what you thought last time. No, I'm just repeating Jeremy. I'm not saying that's my, my thought, no. <laughs> okay. My thought was there's, the collision. There's no, there's no outside force to move on them, right? Uh, Jeremy, Perfect you, vacuum. Are, you are correct. So they're they're in equilibrium. I don't see what what would break the equilibrium. The 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 key is, it's in a perfect vacuum. There's no friction whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I can sort of agree that it sounds a little counterintuitive. I you kind of expect them to spiral into each other, but that's uh that's that is not the case. Pamela 
Pamela Gay got back to us actually like what time what, where's the timestamp on this thing um 2:03 a.m. Wow. <laughs> so wow. like a couple hours after I wrote her and this is her email they orbit forever wow what what, what time zone is she in she's on the east coast east, east coast so 5 a.m. no wait a minute i've always wondered this with emails and timestamps is the timestamp that you see in your inbox when the email arrived in your inbox in your time zone, or is it when they sent it from their outbox in their time zone? And does you know what I'm the, saying? And does the computer automatically adjust for the time zone difference? You know, yeah. hold on. I, I think I think a male client may adjust it because I remember reading this in a male client and it said a later time. I think it said like four or five. And now I'm reading it on the website. And I believe I might be crazy. I might be totally wrong, but but it seems earlier to me. My my emails say uh, Pacific Daylight Time next to their timestamp, so I guess it is translating into Pacific Time. Yeah, I have no idea. All I know is it was early morning and uh, short and sweet, man. They orbit forever. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, thought that was. Uh, interesting. Well, there's the answer. All right, so <laughs> I was wrong, and Josh, was were you correct? Or did yes, you even give an answer? I don't know if you ever no, gave an answer. No, I thought they would forbid for... Or in fact, I said, I don't think that's how gravity works. Yeah, and, and then I, I said, what do you mean that's not how gravity works? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, there's the answer. So there we go. All right, we got that one out of the way. Now what? Well, I've got something else I want to talk about. Should we Should we do it and then uh, save the big thing for the end? Or what sure. Uh, Actually... Sure. Let's do it. Okay, yeah, because this would actually be a good lead-in for it, I think. Um, a couple episodes ago, in fact, it may have been the same episode. It may have been episode six. Uh, we talked about some lenses that I had bought. Yeah. Was that the same episode? I think it was. I, I do think, yeah. I think it was, too. You know, we got to get someone to write our show notes. We do. <laughs> we do. That would be helpful. Uh, any loyal fans out there? I think we've already asked this <laughs> with no response. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I ended up building a telescope with it. Right on. Telescope numero dos. So how's it working out? It worked out phenomenally great. Actually, I'll tell you what. Let me tell you a little story. You can read all about it on my blog, but um, distantfuturejosh.wordpress.com. But... I'll tell you about it right now. So when I got the lenses, I was super excited because these ones were, right, achromatic. We talked about achromatic lenses before. Right. And uh, the math um, said that, you know, they would uh, give me a higher magnification, like much higher than the my previous telescope that I built. And uh, the next day, or the next day I had off, I, I put them in this little makeshift um, rail that I made that I can, like, kind of set them up and determine the distance I need between them before I put them in a case, you know, or in yeah. a tube. Yeah. And it's you got to understand, this, this, this rig is really janky. It is made out of, like, a ruler, some balsa wood, <laughs> and some $3 clamps I picked up at Osh, okay? All right. And uh, I, I was so frustrated because... 
I could not produce an image when I when I'd hold when I distance them. I'd slowly slide them away from each other, expecting to eventually see an image, a magnified image, and I could not do it. I uh, I took them outside and and uh, using the light from the sun, you could see when it comes to a focus on the ground. So you could kind of guesstimate what the focal length of these lenses were. You know what I mean? Got it. And it was just frustrating because I'd put them that distance away from each other, and I just could not produce an image for anything. Anyway put them away for like a week i was frustrated i, I didn't know what to do i uh i asked some questions on some forms about uh was there something i didn't know about achromatic lenses or something you know mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. they're all no this should work like i don't know what's wrong what anyway forums do you go on what forums do you uh, I mean, I ask looked, that question i just in. looked them up dude I, I didn't know what they were but i don't even know what it was i'd have to look it up i don't know are you a member of like some telescope forum yeah i had to join to ask a question <laughs> Okay. <laughs> super right. super deep astronomy nerd dot net. It's something like oh, that. That, man. that that probably is it. <laughs> I mean, really. You guys want to know? I mean, I can figure it out. But I, oh, here we go. Uh, astronomy yeah, forms. Dot com. Uh, www dot astronomy form dot net. Dot net. There you go. Slash right. astronomy dash beginners dash form. <laughs> All right. There it is. Does, uh, so I'm curious, does, does it give you a member count of how many members they have? I'm going to go there right now. How many members do you think there are on that thing? I'm going to say less than 2,000. Ah, uh, astronomy is big worldwide. I'm going to guess 20,000. I hope I can give you guys an answer. I, dude, I'm not good around a form, man. I, uh, I guess that's a pretty low number I'm throwing out there, 2,000, but I'm going to stick with it. Dude, I maybe, have no maybe idea, a man. How, how are you supposed to find out? Well, they might—they might not say. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I have no idea, dude. No idea. All right. No For- clue. Anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the next weekend that I had off, I decided to put my faith in science. I decided to spend some money, go get the the materials necessary to build a telescope, even though I had not seen a magnified image through these lenses yet. I had no idea if it was going to work. Whoa. But I had done the math and science told me it should work, okay? Yeah. So I spent all day uh cutting PVC pipe and uh drilling holes to to make these little screw mounts to to hold the uh the lenses. And mm-hmm. um anyway, and then it was nighttime and I and I'd finally finished them. And I, I I made it so that you slide one PVC pipe into the other, so that would be your so that way you could focus them, you know. And and the two PVC pipes fit just perfectly in each other. Anyway, put these things together, take it outside, hold it up to my eye, slowly pull the two pipes out away from each other. Boom! Magnified image, forty two point five times magnified. Wow, dude, can you believe that? So your, were your calculations correct? I mean, was that what you expected? Actually, I expected a, around 32. Yeah, there's, I thought you told me a smaller number. Yeah, there's always a difference. There's always a difference. There's always some kind of a discrepancy. But the um, the math said about 32, but in actuality, what do I what I do is I is I take a picture of something and then I take a picture through the, the <laughs> telescope and then you can just measure it like in Photoshop or something, you know. Got it. And um, you know, I've I've actually wondered if that is actually accurate. I I, I don't know if. It seems like it should be accurate, 
But it's not, that sounds like a good question for astronomyforum.net. Yeah, seriously, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I, I no. Here's the thing. I've tested it on some known uh, magnifications from some lenses I have. So ah, uh, okay. So I'm pretty sure it is so, totally yeah. accurate. That sounds good. Yeah. A baseline. All right. So I found out how many members there is on astronomyforum.net. <laughs> dude, are you okay. serious? How'd you do that? So, so Josh, how many do you think there are? Um, dude, I think this thing's big. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say thirty thousand. There are fifty-one thousand one hundred and seventeen wow. active members. Oh man, I was way off. I was pretty close. What'd you say, Jason? <laughs> I said less than two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, way off. Yeah, that seems right. That's you know, huge, man. And in in hindsight, it's like astro- you're right, Jeremy. Astronomy is is mega popular, like in in many cultures. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's cross culture, man. It can you can do it anywhere. There are, there are seven hundred thousand posts on astronomy on that site. There you go. I made wow. it seven thousand one. Oh, sorry, sorry. seven hundred thousand. <laughs> Oh shoot! Wow. <laughs> well, that makes sense since there's fifty thousand members. <laughs> that's true. Active and Jeremy, you said that's active members. So that, it's that active almost, members, yeah, yeah, yeah. That almost says there there could be a larger number if you count those who are inactive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there we go, man. Telescope number two, total success. I'd like to look through it, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, somehow I gotta. I don't know. Yeah. I feel kind of weird, like bringing it to work or something but no 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 i mean I'll come, I'll come over and yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll look at should something bring it to work why not should i yeah we like geek toys yeah Let's john some... john would probably like to see it too oh yeah I lo- i'd love to play with it too that's it dude bringing it tomorrow all right all right, all right. <laughs> um you know what i want you to make man i want you to make one of those ones that pirates have that it extends <laughs> what do you call that spyglass spyglass Spy yeah. that's what i want you to i make. mean Jason, to be totally is, honest, like there's not much difference between that and what I built. Uh, that's what I, I know. I realize that, so I'm like, hey, just you know, take it one step further and, and build a spyglass. <laughs> like, do you, do you want it to look all vintage or something? Yeah, where it's like gold um, or no, like uh, no, I'm sorry, not gold, <laughs> but uh, brass or whatever. <laughs> and like, you want it to have like, like more than two sections because mine just has two sections. Right? Yeah, it has to have like three or between three and five <laughs> sections, so four sections. Uh... If you could make that, Josh, that would be way cool. You know, the next big thing that I got to do are is... those telescopes. How, are how, those... how expensive is brass? I don't know. I don't think brass is like expensive. No idea. Jeremy, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you can use the word telescope pretty loosely. I mean, it are, is a binoculars a telescope? I'm pretty sure you could call that a telescope. Really? So it's kind of a broad term. Uh, antique brass telescope on eBay. Eight oh bids. Goodness. Currently going for sixteen dollars. <laughs> yeah. Antique maritime brass spyglass okay. telescope. Right. Thirty-five dollars. That's yeah. enough, so, dude. <laughs> not, 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 not too expensive. Yeah. Well, 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 they're not closed yet, so they'll probably go up from there. But it seems to be not too expensive. That's that's nice. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well. Wow. Hey, I could just put a brass veneer over this one. Yeah, I mean, Josh, that's, that's fine. That's acceptable. Just, <laughs> and just, it's PVC just some, on the inside. I'm pretty, sure I, I'm pretty sure I get kicked out of the astronomy forum for that. <laughs> <laughs> just get some gold spray paint and tell people it's brass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Let's dude. look into it. All right. I, I, well. I think because I, I was reading Distant Futures, Josh, 
And I think you were saying that that telescope is roughly the same power as the one that Galileo used. It is. And I was excited because... because That is so cool. Yeah, because I, I expected to get a telescope that was slightly underpowered, the best telescope that Galileo had. But it turned out to be almost exactly the same. Now, wait a minute. Galileo, I mean... He was looking at... Can you see the moons of Jupiter? That's what I want to know. Do you want to know that? Uh, yes, I do. Jason Hayes, do you want to know right now if I can see freaking Io, Ganymede, Europa, and Callisto? Yeah. I, I don't think so, man. Not with, that, not with that magnification, right? You can see the little pinpoints, right? Well, let me tell you something. I don't know. All four of them. Yeah, I figured so. Wow. Tell you what, man. (laughs) No, I mean, Jeremy, it doesn't take, and I'm not an astronomer by any means, not even close, but I mean, Josh and I used to look at those things at Jupiter through a pair of binoculars and you could see those. Yeah, it's true. And, and like my 10 by fifties, uh, it's 10 times and you can see them, you know, I mean, you can see them better in a real deal telescope, but uh, yeah, binoculars were good enough to, I mean, they just look like, they look like teeny little stars like they, they just like dots but i mean they look like that but without the binoculars 200. you can't see anything yeah yeah and how much did it cost you to build this telescope again dude seriously each lens cost me about 20 bucks and the pvc pipe and the screws and everything under 10 dollars. <laughs> so so for 50 bucks you built a telescope as, as good as anything galileo used to do all the discoveries and all the things that he did there you go the only thing i can't, i can't Pretty say smart. is that i didn't grind the mirrors or the the lenses and i didn't did he actually do that? You know, I don't think he grounded him. I think he, I, I, I might be talking out my butt, dude. Maybe he did, but he, he, you know, he could have very well just had some other dude grind him. He probably had a, he probably had a guy do it because you know back then people had like specialties. He probably went to the glass guy. No, dude, they they were Renaissance men, dude. That's true. That is true. <laughs> right as I said it, I started thinking about the Renaissance man. So <laughs> who knows. <laughs> I do know that telescopes were like extraordinarily expensive at that time when they were new. Well, I mean, that was high, high, high end technology. I mean, right? It had to be. You know, speaking of that, I was thinking, dude, is there any way where I could like make telescopes for a living? I'll tell you what, man, you can get way better telescopes than the one I made for like 50 bucks at Fry's. Well, yeah. I mean, you can buy a maritime spyglass on eBay for, what was it? $13. So, I, mean, I think... Craft plated. Yeah, so you, it's pretty much just going to be a hobby. Yeah. Can't compete with China, man. No way. No way. You got to be able to mass produce. That's the problem. Like, you're making one. I know, I know. So the only way you can make money is if you make it, like, fancy schmancy like a spyglass, you know? There you yeah. go. Yeah, you cash in on that pirates versus ninja craze. You know where you could sell those things is like at maybe like a Renaissance fair. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. Renaissance, man, there you go. You go to the Renaissance fair, you could be known for like you have a collection of really nice looking. All right. Scope. So, and that is our cue to move on. The second you mentioned <laughs> Renaissance fair. <laughs> uh, All righty, let's do it. Um, I'm not going to intro this thing. You, one of you two guys is going to do this. Josh, it's you. Dude, so there is a, I mean, Jeremy, you're a good friend. You're a good friend no matter what. But you, my friend, have a special, what should we call it? Talent? Interest? interest. Not a talent. It's not a talent, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we wanted to bring you on the show for this. And what we did is we decided that our good buddy Jeremy 
with our good buddy Jeremy, we should watch a Star Trek episode and talk Trek. So that's right. what we're going to do. That's right. So we asked Jeremy what the best Star Trek episode to watch was, and what did you tell us to watch? I said that uh, I'm a big Next Generation fan. That's my favorite. And uh, actually, if you go to StarTrek.com and you look for, like, what's the best episode of all time, one of the most widely held ones is Best of Both Worlds Part 1 and 2 from The Next Generation Season 3 and 4. It was the Season 3 cliffhanger. I cannot I believe, I cannot believe that Trekkies all over the world waited an entire, how many months? Like, six months? Yeah, it was a long to time. To see the conclusion of that. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. I mean... It's crazy. You know what? See, I think this is a really good because okay, I'm the guy who's not a big Star Trek person. I've seen probably at most ten episodes of Star Trek, and I have seen the new Star Trek movie, and and I, I like all of them, but I just never grew up watching Star Trek. All right, and uh, and and my background is I used to watch the Next Generation. I watched it a lot with my dad before dinner. It always come on at like five or six or something, and we'd always watch it before dinner. Um, I you know I've probably seen maybe I don't know maybe if there's what there's seven episodes there's seven seasons is that right Jeremy yes let's say I've seen like maybe uh, a fourth of them maybe and I love them but it's like you know I, that's my extent I never read any books I never read any uh, I don't know I've never never played any games or anything just uh, watch the show and I like I it. mean have you ever have you ever referred to yourself as being a trekkie I you Josh. called me that one time, Jason, and I was like, "Whoa, I don't think I'm a Trekkie." <laughs> I mean, I just it was on. I watched it. I liked it, but I, I mean, mean, I'm definitely not a Trekkie, and I don't have Spock ears. I guess. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't think that you're a Trekkie. But Jeremy, I don't know. Jeremy, are you a Trekkie? Oh, I guess so. I, I would qualify. Yeah, I, I I'm the I, I started playing a Star Trek game. That's why I started getting into the show. So I was kind of came in through the uh, the reverse angle. Wait a minute, you 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 weren't into Star Trek like as a kid? Uh, no. When did you start getting into it? Like at what age? Uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, like I guess I would have been like 14, 15. And a bunch oh, of guys okay. in Boy Scouts started playing the Star Trek game. And so I started watching the show more because I was playing the game. Huh, okay. Before that, I was like, Josh, I'd cut a few episodes here and there and I liked it, but I wasn't like really paying attention. Yeah. I didn't get into it until honestly, I had I had probably never actually sat through an entire episode of Star Trek from like beginning to end in my life. And then <laughs> I went and I went and saw um the Star Trek movie, like the newest one. You you know that I'm talking about. There's still the very right. latest one. And and I thought it was a totally cool movie. And then I, I had I I must have had a conversation about it with Josh. And Josh was like, Well, I love Star Trek. Like, let's watch some. So I watched a few episodes with Josh and I watched a few more. But Dude, do you um, remember the episode that we watched? I don't. Um, oh, I was, I was going to tell you to like give me a clue. Um, if you, if so, I don't know. No, no I, don't. I don't. I don't know either. Well, okay, well, let's see if I can figure out the episode. Tell me what happened. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember either, <laughs> man. I, I watched one a little while ago at home where uh, it was a good one where they found this like it was like they couldn't they couldn't tell if it was a living organism or not because it showed characteristics of both, like it was non-living and living. And it was like this little flashing beam of light and it would like blink, 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 right? And um, and then it started like, it started getting smarter and started learning. Jeremy, is this ringing call any bells? Jeremy, call it. 
You got it. Yeah, it's, that's the one with the terraforming station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go down to this planet and they're terraforming. They're trying to turn this like dead nothing planet into like you know they have trees and stuff. And uh, they find that in the the mines or whatever they're mining, they find this little thing and they're like they don't know if it's if it's alive or not. Yeah, it was a good episode. One. That's a fun one. Hey, dude, let's talk about the one that we watched. All right. So we watched what's it called? The best of both worlds. Part best one of and part both two. worlds. You got it. Yep. And yep. this dude, this one is like this one's pretty epic, dude. Because, had you seen this before, Josh? Okay. <sighs> I mean, I clearly had not. I don't know because you know what? I I think I might have been mistaking it with one of the movies because he gets like he gets captured by the Borg in one of the movies too, doesn't he? Yeah, first contact. There's uh, there's a Borg movie. There's that chick Borg, right? Yes, the Borg queen. Yeah. Um. But 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 I think I I'm pretty sure I might have seen this one. I'm pretty sure I might have seen it. <laughs> Um, but I don't. I didn't remember much at all. It, it was, was good awesome. though. It was great. It was I mean, so good. I mean, I was really into it. I mean, there were parts where I was like, I mean, I was not literally on the edge of my seat, but I was on the edge of my seat. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> dude. I mean, it, the Borg are the best enemy. I mean, you don't get better than the Borg. Yeah, See, and here's cool. the thing. Here's here's how like much of a non Star Trek person I am. This is the first I'd ever even known of the Borg. You are <laughs> kidding me. I've heard of it. But you didn't know anything about it. You didn't know what they looked like. You didn't know their ship was a cube. Nope. You know what I thought they were? Wow. I thought they were like the Flood in Halo. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is, and, and they were totally cool. They were a really, really Dude, uh, being, this, scary enemy. This being the first one you've seen of the Borg, what did you think about their ship? perfect how cool was that dude yeah it's perfect i mean it is like the perfect ship for like this this um you know I, I don't know are they a life form they're like a hive mind of like just these like i don't know Jeremy, like uh, educate us on this what almost like they? robotic dudes like it was perfect the border like a they're like a virus they're like a technological virus yeah that's they're a good a, way to put it they're a cyborg race and they care about nothing but traveling around and consuming other life forms and technology to add to their database and repository of what they can do. Uh, so this, this go around and assimilate and eat whole civilizations. Dude. And I love how they say like civilization is irrelevant. Everything with them is irrelevant. Everything, everything is irrelevant. Everything, everything you say to them is just irrelevant. Like they don't care. <laughs> they don't care at all. <laughs> they're like a personification of a computer virus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, they, they're like a living it, they're they're machines. They're like I mean, and they even look you know machine like, and they're, they're just very like, just uh, they're they're cyborgs. How, how about how about the what is it the right arm? They they attach that ex, like extension of an arm with like these little pinchers and little pinchers and little little, little screw saw or something. blade or something. <laughs> that I'll say that was looking pretty dated, man. <laughs> It, I mean, it looks dated in that, like, yes, if you were to watch, like, a Star Trek movie today and they put some Borg in there, th that thing would have to look different. <laughs> but um, but it was – it looked it looked correct for the, the, the – what they are. It's just, like, just this utilitarian, yeah. like – tool that's just attached to their arm I like I, it, I, I also like the little laser beam on the on the side yeah, of their <laughs> you know what that was reminding me of josh what? you've got to know what wait okay hold on i should know come what that reminds you of um think who you're talking to you're oh, talking to oh me. no okay predator nah, oh, dang it. okay hold on uh let's I'll see give you jason likes the born identity jason likes <laughs> come what on jason like uh shoot what is it 
Uh, I don't know, man. What? T two, man. It's Terminator. Oh, total. Wait a minute. Very, it's very Terminator. But he doesn't have a. He's got red eyes, dude. He doesn't have a freaking laser. Are you talking? No. Are you still talking about their little arm? No. I'm talking about when Picard he had that little red laser on the side of his eye. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, it was just very reminiscent of Terminator. He doesn't have a laser on the side of his eye. It's not a laser, but it's a red Dude. light. I mean, like, come on. No, I, I think it's supposed to be a laser. No, nah, whatever. Dude. It's like a little it, laser sight. No, on Picard or on Terminator? Yeah, on Picard. Yeah, the side of his head. No, that was, it was a lit. It was like a scope. Like a, um, yeah, like a yeah sniper, it was. Like a I'm sniper. saying, I'm, nah, okay, we're all messed up. <laughs> no, <laughs> whatever, but, whatever. But anyway, was, we both agree. The laser's cool. <laughs> it was. It was very cool. <laughs> I think the, I think the Terminator just has red eyes that they do the same kind of lens flare effect off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, okay, J- Jason, I got a question for you. What? I want to know how many Star Trek races can you name? Three. <laughs> Let's hear them. Human, Romulan, Spock. <laughs> what is Spock? Um, uh, Vulcan. Okay, I am wait, 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 so wait, wait, glad wait. you just said that. Hey, the Borg are a race too. Okay, there you go, Borg. Are they a race or are they yeah, a virus man. in a race? Ah, uh, they're a race. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Jason. Jason. Did I get them all? Are there more? There's there's way more, but those are the ones. Well, first of all, Klingon. Yeah. Oh, man. I shouldn't. I, I, well, I said Worf. No, you said Spock. Is, you didn't. You weren't listening. I also said oh. Worf. Okay. I, I, I only heard Spock. Uh, come on, I, I said it. I don't, dude, hey, this is recorded, Jason. Are you sure you said it? I'm 100. percent Play back right. the recording. All right, we'll, we'll 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 listen to that later. But uh, Jason, I'm so glad you said that because Jeremy was explaining to me the other day that Romulans and Vulcans are actually the same race. Romulans and Vulcans are the same race. Jeremy, take it away. Yeah. So apparently, the centuries ago, the Vulcans were very violent and warlike. And uh, they had this giant war that almost destroyed their planet. They had like a nuclear war. And so out of that, out of the ashes of that war, there came this philosopher whose name was Surak. And he started this kind of Vulcan religion of purging the mind of all emotions and only having pure logic to try to save the race. And, and, and you saw that like in the new Star Trek, right? Because what's his name? A la Spock. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And that's part of their culture. And the Robins didn't like that. They wanted to retain their emotions. So they left Vulcan in like a convoy of ships to go found a new homeworld. And then Vulcan and Romulus didn't have any contact with each other for like centuries. Well, but then it's like, you know, at what point does enough time pass? No, 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 no. Two, Jason, two races Jason. that were one race are now two now, distinct races. If you races. look at their DNA, it's the same genetic information. They, they're two different civilizations. Yeah, but they're the same thing, dude. Now, supposedly in Star Trek, the Vulcans have evolved over those centuries oh. and are no longer that similar to the to the Romulans anymore. All right, all right. So, so then they are two distinct races. Yeah. There you go. Oh. There you yeah. have it. Um, <laughs> if if you want to know more, you can watch uh, season five, Unification Part One and Two. That's where Spock guest stars in the Next Generation, and it's all about the Romulans and the Vulcans considering trying to reunify their planets. Hey, dude, is is there is should I like consider a different uh, series or is or is the next generation should I just stick with that? Well, I think if you ask different Trek fans, they'll tell you different things. But probably all of them will tell you they either like the original series the best, 
Next Generation the best or Deep Space Nine the best. And for people kind of our age bracket, it's usually the Next Generation or Deep Space Nine compete for the best show. And for like your dad, the original series, if you asked him, he'd probably say that's his favorite. Well, my dad in particular probably wouldn't because he used to watch Next Generation with me. But uh, <laughs> he might surprise you. People have that nostalgic feeling for like Kirk and Spock, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, I bet I bet I could watch them and at least get a kick out of them, you know? Yeah, you know, I just realized there was no Spock in this one we just watched. No. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know the different the different series or whatever at all. I don't know. I like this. I like this series. I like Picard. He's cool. Hey, dude. Okay, I'm going to mention one more thing from uh, the episode we watched. How about that poker game that Data was playing with everyone else? With his little poker hat. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that Um, was so funny. (laughs) I actually thought that was a good scene. It was awesome, dude. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Poker like. Poker's Go like ahead, a re- reoccurring theme they do for various episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, he said, you know, I had never seen a poker game in Star Trek before, but he said, like, tonight's our poker night. And I was like, okay, that's the first time I've ever seen poker. There's I'm one where they all the guys have a beard, and they bet their beards against Beverly's uh, hair color. <laughs> you know, okay. I like how Star Trek can be kind of funny sometimes. Like, like they, they make silly episodes, you know, or they have, like, they have, like funny funny ideas sometimes they have serious ones too like where Riker gets accused of rape (laughs) that one's terrible man that's like that's like one of the worst episodes of next gen there is it was pretty hilarious it's terrible yeah Uh, and then he goes on trial for like an hour you're like man what will this end that's what you get Riker for being the ladies man (laughs) what I like too about Star Trek like we just watched the best of both worlds and when they come back so those fans have been waiting six months to see, you know, what happens to the crew and the Borg are invading, and they're they're really screwed the at the end of the first episode, right? Yeah, they're, they're in they're pretty in, uh, dire straits. They're in dire straits, and this and a lot of shows, the season opener happens, and they solve the problem from the previous season in like the opening ten minutes, and then they and then they spend the rest of the episode setting a new direction for the season. You're like, well, I waited six minutes, I mean, six months to have them solve this problem in ten minutes. That's stupid. <laughs> And in this one, they spend the whole hour still trying to solve the problem. Up to the very last minute, they're still screwed. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, th- it was. I-, I thought it was really cool. I was, like, saying to myself, it's, like, it felt really, like, like a real sort of situation, like, in a, a-, a battle or-, or whatever, where, I mean, they were they were just, like, because, I mean, okay, the, the Borg ship was, was, you know, speeding away, and they were chasing it, and it was, like, well, if we keep chasing it, that's going to drain our power, and if we drain our power, we won't be able to attack like, what do we do? And they're like, well, we don't know what to do, but we have to keep chasing this thing. Like, we can't let it go. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, we'll keep chasing it, but 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 what are we going to do? And they're like, we don't know. Like, we're working on it, but, like, we just, we don't know what to do. It's always, know? there's always a puzzle they got to solve. That's what I like about Star Trek episodes. It's always a puzzle. It was good. It was a really great episode. I was, like, I was really into it. I, I mean, I know, Jeremy, you say it's, like, the one of the, it's maybe, like, the best episode, and uh, it was definitely really good, so... But of course, they have an advantage that they can solve their puzzles with fake science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's real science for them, I guess. I don't know. Hey, Jeremy, I got something for you. Since since I got you here, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Tell me about this warp speed. How it's supposed to work? I mean, like when they say warp. Oh yeah. How many miles an hour is that? And yeah, they said they were traveling at warp nine. Faster than warp nine, because I mean that's all I've ever seen. 
Oh yeah, okay, okay, good. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so, so Josh, if we made a spaceship that traveled faster than the speed of light to get to another planet, what would happen to Earth when we reached the other planet? Like we send a message back to Earth. What's happened in the meantime? Okay, well, first of all, all I've ever heard is that in order to travel the speed of light, it would require more energy than all the universe combined. Well, and what I've also heard, I mean, this is like Einstein's theory, is that if if you were to travel at the speed of light to another planet, uh, yes, you would you would make that journey, but everyone else who's not traveling at the speed of light, uh, for them, it's like time would be standing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you gain mass when you when you're you're or is it that the people who are traveling their time stands still? People traveling their time is still. So you reach you know Tau Alpha C, and Earth has aged millennia. Okay, so so our time would be normal, but on board the Enterprise, uh, there would be no passage of time. There you go. Right. Got it. So in Star Trek, they have this the, the the warp drive theory is you don't travel faster than light per se. Instead, the warp drive warps space around the drive. So you literally pull space around the drive to move the ship to a new location in space. Yeah, they talked about that in the, the movie that I like, the new movie. It's like the a guy, teleport. He, the guy says, you know, he, he says like, oh, I never thought about space as a thing that's moving. Oh, okay. All right. So how fast is warp one? I don't know, like, man. In like miles per hour? Oh, man, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna Wikipedia. How fast is warp? Yeah, you can do that. I, I have no clue. I don't know. So now, because you asked me, you know, does anybody ever go faster than a warp nine? Okay. And that's that's a good question too, because that brings up the. There's the a lot of warp nine in these episodes. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like as fast as I can go. That kind of brings up the redheaded stepchild of Star Trek, which is Voyager. And uh, a lot of fans think that show is terrible, including me. And in Voyager, they have this episode where they they finally go warp 10 and it causes them to de-evolve into salamanders and have babies with each other. <laughs> oh, wow. Literally salamanders? Yes, and, and, and the episode is worse than that sounds. It's, it's, just, it's just terrible. But in, in, in The Next Generation, if you watch the whole show, they go faster than warp 10, like no less than three times in the show. When they have like various engine enhancements, or they they go to the future, or things like that, they go they go faster than warp ten a bunch of times. Huh. I mean, do, do they ever do they ever do like warp uh, six? <laughs> like, well, in the in the later episodes, they introduce this theory that warp is destroying space and causing pollution, where space breaks down and then it rips open into subspace. And so near the end of the show, the Federation sets a speed limit of warp five. To conserve space and not damage it. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for this? What's up? According to the Star Trek, this is a Wikipedia article on warp, okay? Yeah. <laughs> this is actually pretty crazy. There are like graphs and diagrams <laughs> explaining how warp works and everything. Okay. So I according to the this. Star Trek episode Writer's Guide for the original series, warp factors are converted to multiples of C with the cubic function V equals W cubed times C. <laughs> where w is the warp factor v is the velocity and c is the speed of light accordingly warp one is equivalent to the speed of light warp two is eight times the speed of light warp three is 27 times the speed of light so it's a cubic function so you it's uh 
So warp nine is really dang fast. Yeah, yeah, it is, dude. Yeah, yeah, they're not joking around. At so warp it's the nine. speed of light. Josh, are you looking at this graph that's on a black background with a yellow line? And it looks like a dinosaur back. Yeah, that's okay. the one I'm looking at. It's Michael <laughs> Ucado's new warp scale. It's called the. It's called warptable.gif. It's on a logarithmic <laughs> uh, scale. Isn't that how earthquakes are measured too? They're they're in like powers of ten. They're weird, yeah. They're really weird. Wow, it actually, uh, it, it says it, it shows it, the power usage in megawatts divided by Cochrane. <laughs> Cochrane is the guy who invented the warp drive. Oh, so maybe, maybe it's megawatts or Cochrane's. Oh, it's like slash. I don't know, it's yeah, not, what, not, I don't, I don't understand how to read it's that. Not a, it's not a fraction, it's just a. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> 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 Oh, wow. Anyway. <laughs> no, but okay. So of those two episodes, I mean, uh, they were they were really cool. I, I, I give those, um, I don't know, like on a scale of one to ten, those are both like nines. I, uh, which one did you like better, the first or the second? Um, I know what I'm going to say. I don't really remember them as the first and second. It was just all one episode. Uh, Jeremy? Uh, I think I like the second one, because you know you spend an hour building up the problem, and now it's an hour solving the problem. Hmm. I actually, I'm the other way. I thought the first one was, I mean, they were both totally good. I don't want to say that one was not good, but uh, I, I think that the first one had me a little more in suspense. I don't know. It was a little more interesting. Well, it, it was kind of setting up. Maybe because I'm not a Star Trek guy. Like, see, like for me, like I, I, I hardly even... This one centers a lot around Riker, and I'm not even very familiar with Riker, so I I, I was into it where I was kind of getting a feel for who he was because obviously he was like a, a big part of the. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, yeah, a, do you know? They're what... building the tension there, and they got the exposition, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Jeremy, do you know what the primary component of the warp drive is? It's matter and anti antimatter. Oh, that's really good. But they actually call the device. They 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 do mention that they call the device. The... Lithium crystals. What about red matter? Uh, they mentioned that too. <laughs> no, no, no. It's dilithium crystals. Yeah, yeah, yeah dilithium, dilithium crystals. Uh, is red matter involved? Dude, there is no red matter. Okay. No, they made that for the movie. That was that was something new. Oh, really? That yeah. that's only in that movie, red matter. Yeah, that was just made up for the movie. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. No, no, no. It's called the graphometric field displacement manifold. <laughs> More commonly referred to as a warp core. That's so cool. <laughs> the Romulans, the Romulans to power their ships, they use an artificial quantum singularity to power their ships. You're telling me there's a black hole in their ship. That's right. That's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are the Romulans all about? Are they in the movie that I saw? They were they were pretty. Uh, they weren't very friendly guys. They were pretty, they were pretty bad. Well. Yeah, think about this one. Star Trek, Next Generation, it's in the 80s. Who's America afraid of? Russia. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the Soviets, right? Yep. So the, the Romulans are like this militaristic, unified race that's very cunning and very deceptive and always trying to outmaneuver the the Federation intellectually and militarily. And so they're that's kind of how they're modeled. Got it. They were – yeah, they were um... – it was really bad. Their ship was really uh, evil looking. It's all like spiky and 
inside, it's like really uh... the big green warbird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just great. Are you talking, I'm talking about, about the, the, the I'm movie? talking about the movie. Yeah, that's the only that's the only I wrong thing. They're on I know. like a mining ship or something. Oh yeah, they, they uh, are. He yeah. describes it as a uh, like I almost want to say a fishing boat, but like it, it, yeah, it was like a mining ship. It or, wasn't like, it one was... of the birds of prey or what? One of those. No, uh, no. Yeah. So there's a prequel comics for the movie. You can get uh, like even on an iOS, you can like download them. And in the prequel, the Romulans are researching Borg technology. And those miners go and steal it. And that's what transforms their mining ship into that giant hulking thing in the movie is the, the Borg technology that builds up their ship. Mm. Where did the Borg come from? They come from the Delta Quadrant of the galaxy. Dude, I hear that all the time, the Delta Quadrant. Where exactly is the Delta Quadrant? Well, I can tell you this. It's one of my favorite maps on StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, hey, I, did you I, notice they were using the word Terran for Earth? Yeah, that's kind of cool, huh? Yeah. Well, Josh, I mean, you you do know this, like yeah, ter- I, know, I know Terra. Is, yeah. I mean, you know that. Hey, actually, I got another question, Jeremy. Uh, is all the Star Trek universe taking place in the Milky Way galaxy? Yeah, I want to know that too. Actually, yeah, pretty much. It's all in all in one galaxy. Okay. Do there, are show, ever... there are shows where they like they leave the galaxy and they get flung to a faraway galaxy like temporarily, but it's pretty much all in our galaxy. All right, makes sense. And actually, it's almost all in the alpha and beta quadrants of our galaxy. The delta quadrant is like the corner or something. Yeah, the delta quadrant would take even at warp would take you know decades, if not centuries, to get there. Wow. Well, what warp are we talking about? Even at warp nine. Nine. <laughs> um, All right, dude. Uh, anything else? Well, if you like the Klingons, you can watch uh, Redemption Part 1 and 2, where the, the, the Klingon Empire has a civil war, and the Federation and the Romulans try to interfere, interfere and take sides, and that one's pretty cool. Redemption. I'll remember Wait a minute. it. So you guys know, I, I just looked up a uh, map of the different quadrants of the uh, the galaxy. <laughs> also on Wikipedia, just I don't know, you just search for uh, Star Trek quadrants. And uh, so there's the Alpha Quadrant, the Beta Quadrant, the Gamma Quadrant, and the Delta Quadrant. So Borg and the, am I saying this right, the Kazons? Kazon, yeah. The Kazons, they come from the Delta Quadrant. Uh, let's see, Alpha Quadrant, you've got, man, this, it's hard to read. It's not a it's big chart. Uh, they've got the Cardassia. Yep. Cardassia comes from the Alpha Quadrant. The Federation and the Sun, I guess that's our Sun, is right on the the uh, border of the Alpha and Beta Quadrant. And the Dominion is out there in the Gamma Quadrant. Eddie, that's a pretty cool map. You're looking at it? Yeah. <laughs> totally cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Except I don't know why they measure everything from the sun. Why don't they measure it from, like, the center of the galaxy? No, they do. The sun. Josh. Uh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we, okay. we, we used to think that, you know, that everything revolved around us, right? That everything else revolved around the Earth. Yeah, and then but some guy changed know... that notion, right? Yeah. Well, okay, that? I bet that? you. Copernicus. Uh, was it Copernicus? I thought it was Gal- Galileo. He confer. I mean, no. Well, Copernicus, Copernicus wasn't exactly a scientist. He was more of a theorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I understand it, because he he didn't build a telescope. No, 
<laughs> but he was the first one to popularize the idea. Although, well, yeah, anyway, yeah, more or less. Well, Josh, this this graph that we're looking at here on Wikipedia obviously comes from Earth, so it centers on the sun. But if you were to look at this same map from, say, the Borg culture, <laughs> it would have a different center, I'm sure. If it was from the Borg culture, it would be a cube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, dude. Have we nerded out enough? Pretty uh, pretty nerdy podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know. I got 58 minutes on the little clock. Yeah, dude. No, 58? No, we're at 48. Mine says 58. We um, spent like a spin around. Skype, around. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking at. The Skype clock. Recording, we got 48. Got it. Okay, so you started a little after. Do you aim for a particular amount of time? Or eh, not? This is about what we normally do, about 50 minutes. This is about right. This is about right. Oh, uh, do we want to mention... Uh, upcoming movie? Are we gonna do it? Um, uh, Jason. Yeah, I'll watch it. You don't even have to ask me. I'll watch it. All right, we're gonna mention it. So, it. Uh, for those of you guys who want to follow along with another uh, movie episode, uh, next next week we're gonna uh, talk Jurassic Park episode part one, part one. So, uh, if you guys want to, you know, refresh yourself on Jurassic Park, go ahead and do it. Josh and I are gonna talk about it uh, next week. I'll show. There's so many good lines. There's so many. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, Hold on to your butts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another good one. Uh, do, do, do your favorite one, Jason. Uh, do I have? A, oh, I think my favorite one. It's got to be um, where he's talking about the DNA. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo, Dino DNA. <laughs> I like it. I like it's like, but John, when the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down. The pirates don't eat the turrets. <laughs> All right, dude. Good times, good times. All right, so uh, that is episode nine. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out on this one. If uh... oh, you're saying Jurassic Park discussion will be in episode nine? No, wait. Oh shoot, this was episode eight, huh? This is eight Jurassic oh. Park was nine? See, I'm not good at these. I'm not good at these podcasting moments, man. Uh, so anyway, this this was episode eight, and uh, I am Joshua Wettenkamp, and you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, but I also post it on my blog, distantfuturejosh.wordpress.com. Uh, and Jason, you started uh, tweeting, right? Yeah. All right, so you can follow me on wetjosh on Twitter, and Jason, how can we get a hold of you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll probably put up like two tweets this week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my Twitter name is just uh, Jason underscore Hayes. Jeremy, any shout outs? I would like to thank my sponsor who provided my microphone tonight, Denise Soden. Excellent. There you go. There you go. She'll, uh, <laughs> she'll, she'll appreciate that. Jeremy, do you, you have... tweet? No, I, I'm on no social networks. I'm a grumpy uh, old man. You're, you're antisocial all the way. Yeah, very much so. No. You know, I, I only recently started doing Twitter, and it's, like, super minimal. Um, I mean, Twitter's the best, dude. Twitter is. any other one. Twitter and email. That's it. <laughs> email is not a social network, dude. <laughs> How's it not a social network? <laughs> is is snail mail a social network? I mean, is <laughs> telephone a social network? I mean, gosh, it's not, that doesn't count. All right, fine. Whatever. I'm on Twitter, and that's it. <laughs> uh, All right, dude. Wrap it up. Later. Later. <laughs>